0: appreciate you being here today and we wanted to give you just a special gift and uh, hopefully a memory that your kids will remember from Christmas Day uh, at Kingwood Church. So you got up this morning, you opened your presents. How many of you have already opened all the presents that are to open? Like you don't have any relatives to go over their house or, okay, so not most of you. How many of you still have presents left to open? Oh, so you're ready to go, right? It's time for this, uh, just trying to see who was here. How many of you have something that needs to be taken back? <laughs> uh, okay, I'll see you at Walmart later. Um, how many of you knew something you were getting before you got it? Oh, you cheaters! How did you know all of that? Okay, how many of you have ever? Might not be this year because I don't want to create you know awkwardness later. How many of you have ever repurposed a Christmas gift? My hands up. You <laughs> to You know what that means? It means somebody gave it to you, and instead of using it, you give it to somebody else. you had to buy a gift? Okay, all right. I I knew you were here. How many of you have ever found a present that you prepared and hid years ago, but you hid it so good, even you couldn't find it? (laughs) Right? Yeah, you find it later? All right. It's the Griswold family Christmas. How many of you, um, you, like you're done with it, and you're done wrapping, it's all Christmas bags? It's all Christmas bags, mostly Christmas bags, yes? Just sort of get the bag and stuff it in there. You know, uh, Christmas comes, uh, uh, gifts come in all shapes and sizes and colors and amounts. But today is such a special opportunity for you and I to celebrate the greatest gift that was ever given to the whole world. And we get the opportunity to come together on Christmas Day and celebrate Jesus and What you decide and how you receive that gift from God says everything about how you'll live life now and how you'll live life after death. It determines all of that. When Jesus came to earth, he was rejected by some people and he was received by some people. There's a a guy in Scripture I want to look at for a few minutes this morning that did such a good job receiving Jesus I just think he's a good example to all of us. Whether you're a believer or you're not a believer, you might receive Jesus, you might accept him to become a believer, but just because you do that one act doesn't mean you stop accepting him and stop receiving him into different parts of your life. So this morning, I just want to look at this man in Scripture called uh, Simeon. Uh, Jesus was about eight weeks old, and Mary and Joseph were on their way to the temple, for Jesus' purification ceremony. And from Simeon's encounter, uh, that's, where Jesus, that's where Mary and Joseph met Simeon. was on their way to the temple to, the, to Jesus' purification ceremony when he was just a baby. So this morning, Luke chapter 2, I just want us to look together at Simeon's encounter with the baby Jesus and with Mary and Joseph. Verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. Now there's a key word in this next sentence, he was waiting. If you you want to circle that word, he was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. Now this waiting doesn't mean something out my peripheral caught my eye and I looked over there. Waiting means in this verse, searching with intent. Looking for intentionally and with great intent. It doesn't mean just looking around. It's straining to see something. So, this morning, I just want to point out three things from Simeon's encounter with Joseph and Mary and baby Jesus at the temple. Here's the first one. People who look for Jesus always find him. People who, I've never met anybody who was sincerely looking for self to the smallest child and to the oldest adult and everybody in between. Why is it that when you buy a car, you look, you know, buying a car is a stressful thing. It's a big purchase. You search, you look, you, you go online and you do research and you look for this, this color you wanted in this specific car with this package and this model and you narrow it down and finally, after all this searching, you find this unique, incredible car and the day you drive it home, you see 15 more just like it. You ever notice that? Why is that? It's not that they weren't there before. It's that you didn't see them before. But now your eyes have changed and you see what was there all along. People who are looking for Jesus find Him. People who wonder if God is real and faith is real, if they're looking, they find Him. Christians who are looking for Jesus to show up in certain parts of their life find Him when they look for Him. Just this morning, uh, look around the room for a minute. And just try to zero in on everywhere you see the color red. Just look, just look for all the red in the room, on the bows and the different shirts and the different, just look around, see how much red you see in the room. Was that red there before? Yes. But I bet you see more of it now because your eyes have tuned into it your eyes have zeroed in on this red and that color becomes predominant in your eye because you're focusing on it. The reason that Simeon saw Jesus is because he was looking for him. If you look for Jesus, if you look for him in your circumstances, if you look for him in your life, you will find him because he is there. Here's the second thing I want to show you from this encounter with Simeon. Sometimes the assurance comes before the answer. In other words, sometimes God will assure you the answer is coming, that he's got this, that he's working on it, that he's working it out before he actually works it out. And then you have to live in this trust, you have to live in this faith you have to live in this intent waiting and straining. You have to live in this tension of knowing because he said to, in your heart he's going to work it out, but you haven't seen it yet. This is exactly what happened to Simeon, verse 26. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he saw the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. So Simeon had been told somehow, we don't know, by the Holy Spirit, you're not going to die before you see Jesus. I don't know who, by the way, the whole world had been waiting on for hundreds of years. And then one day, I don't know how, Simeon feels this nudge inside his heart, you need to put down what you're working on and you need to go to the temple. Why? Go to the temple. And you would know it, right as he gets to the temple, he runs straight into Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. And he welcomes him into his arms and rejoices because he says, hey, I had the assurance before I had the answer. But now I got the answer. When when Stacy and I lived in Florida, I don't know how to explain this to you. I can only tell you what happened. We were... I had a dream. I had the same dream two nights in a row. She, in prayer, had an impression from God. And it was 1998. And in my dream and in her impression that we never talked about, we both said, in the year 2000, God wants to move us and we're going to leave this city and we're going to leave this town and we're going to leave this church and we're going to go somewhere else and we're going to do something else we don't know what. That was in 1998. And in December of the year 2000, we moved. And the doors opened and everything changed. Now, the assurance was there, but the answer wasn't. (laughs) Two years later, the answer came. And so, this morning, if you're here and we're drawing down on the end of 2016, and some of you have been waiting all year, for God to answer something for you. You've been waiting on God to show up in your circumstance. You've been waiting on God. You've followed the nudges in prayer. You've followed what the Bible says. You're standing on it, even though you don't see the answer. Some of you are waiting on a financial breakthrough. Some of you are waiting on a relationship to heal. Maybe, maybe you're waiting for complicated circumstances for God to change them. Maybe you're waiting on God to help you. Maybe you're just waiting to know for sure that God really cares about you and loves you. I want to encourage you with this this morning. What you hear in prayer, the nudges that you hear, what you read in the Bible, what God confirms in your mind through circumstances... Stand on it, believe the assurance, continue in the assurance, because if the assurance is there, the answer's following it. It's coming. You will see the answer. So don't, as we close 2016, maybe you thought this is the year when this is going to change, and it didn't change. But God has given you the assurance that you can trust Him, and He's working on it. Can I just, can I just encourage you this morning, And say, trust him for another year. Keep closer than you. Don't let go. The answer just might be closer than you think. Here's what I know about God. He might not make it right immediately. But he will make it right eventually. If you wait on him. That's an important word that Simeon... Simeon was an older man. And I find it interesting... That he had waited on this moment for years. But the moment came just like God said it would. And whatever God has told you, he will do it. Trust him. Here's the, the last thing that we see. Verse 27. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, look at verse 29, it's an important word in this verse. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Look at Verse 29. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. Simeon was an older man, but he saw the promise of God fulfilled, and he lived in peace. Here's the final thought. A real relationship with Jesus is the only place to find peace. So whether you're a believer or not, doesn't matter. It's the same truth. If you're not a believer... The peace you've been looking for is in a real relationship with Jesus. If you are a believer, quit looking everywhere else. You're not going to find it in fame or fortune or money or power or any of those things. The peace that our hearts long for is always found in a real relationship with Jesus. Those for who, who suffered this year, those who struggled, turn back to the relationship that you already had The answer's there. The peace that you need is there to end this year well and to start next year well. I wanted to end this morning, and I don't usually do this, but I wanted to read uh, one thing to you. Most of you won't remember this name, but some of you, you know, a little bit older will. Harry Reisner used to be on 60 Minutes. How How many of you know that name, Harry Reisner? Remember Harry Reisner? Big, I don't have the voice The voice. he used to do a little segment on 60 Minutes and one year as he was closing the program he did a little segment on um, a Christmas and I just wanted to read to you what he said because I thought it was so powerful he said the basis for this tremendous burst of buying things and gift buying and parties and near hysteria is quite a quiet event that Christians believe actually happened a long time ago you can say that in all societies there's always been a midwinter festival and that many of the trappings of our christmas are almost violently pagan but you come back to the central fact of the day and the quietness of christmas morning the birth of god on earth it leaves you only three ways of accepting christmas one is cynically as a time to make money and endorse the making of it one is graciously that's the appropriate attitude for non-christians who wish their fellow citizens all the joys to which their beliefs entitle them. And the third, of course, is reverently. If this is the anniversary of the appearance of the Lord and the universe in the form of a helpless baby, it's a very important day. His son, as a way of showing yours, the whole story that a virgin was selected by God to bear his son as a way of showing his love and concern for man it's my guess that in spite of all the lip service given to it it's not an idea that's been popular with theologians it's somewhat an illogical idea and theologians like logic almost as much as they like God it's so revolutionary a thought that it probably could only come from God that is beyond logic and beyond theology it's a magnificent appeal almost nobody has seen God and almost nobody has any real idea what he's like And the truth is that among men, the idea of seeing God suddenly and standing in a very bright light is not necessarily a completely comforting or appealing idea. But everyone has seen babies, and almost everyone likes them. If God wanted to be loved as well as feared, He moved correctly. For a baby growing up learns all about people. And if God wanted to be intimately a part of man, He moved correctly. For the experience of birth and familyhood is the most intimate and precious experience that any of us will ever have. So, it comes beyond logic. It is either a falsehood or it is the truest thing in the world. It is the story of the great innocence of God the baby. God and the power of man has such a dramatic shock toward the heart that if it is not true to Christians, then nothing is true. So if a person is touched only once a year, the touching is still worth it. And maybe on some given Christmas, some final quiet morning, that touch will take. The touch of God coming into this world as a vulnerable baby. Pretty good stuff. Would you just close your eyes with me for a minute? I wanna pray with you. And then we're gonna stand and sing one song and we're going to be dismissed on the quiet of Christmas day I just want to pray for you but I want to ask you for those of you who want prayer today maybe today's that day for you where you say I need a real relationship with God I need a real one I need to maybe start over with God or start for the first time And somehow today on Christmas, God spoke to your heart and you say, please pray for me. I want to end this year and start next year with a real relationship with God. With nobody looking, would you just lift your hand and let me pray for you just a minute? I just want to pray for you. I see your hand. Thank you so much. You can put it down. Thank you. Somebody else. I want to start this year, next year, with a real relationship with God. Thank you, sir. You can put it right back down. Thank you so much. Somebody else. Somebody else. Just a couple. Yes, thank you. You can put it down in the back. You can put it down. Thank you. Sweet little girl raised her hand. Thank you so much. Fantastic. Christmas Day. It's a Christmas you'll never forget. Presents come and go. But a relationship with God will carry you your whole life. One more thought. If you've been waiting on an answer for God from God, maybe you have assurance, maybe you don't. But you've been waiting on God to break through in some area. Would you just lift your hand? I want to pray for you. Just lift your hand all over the building. been waiting on God. My hand's up. I've been waiting. I want to pray for you. Those of you who raised your hand and said, I want a real relationship with God, I just want to ask you to repeat this prayer with me. And in fact, I want to ask everybody in the room, would you just make them feel welcome and repeat this prayer too? And then I'll pray for us all. Dear Jesus, I thank you for for your son I thank you that you came at Christmas I thank you that you died for me and rose from the dead thank you for talking to my heart today today I receive you today I accept you forgive me wash away all my sin and help me to live in a real relationship with you for those others of you who lifted your hand I just want to pray for you now today I encourage you to receive Jesus also Lord today for those of us who've been waiting on an answer from you we receive you today We receive encouragement. We receive strength. We receive the promise of the miracle of Christmas. That you are a supernatural and loving God. And what you said you will do. We refresh our faith today. We refresh our belief in you. We love you. And we thank you for the strength to continue to believe. To continue to wait. To continue to seek to continue to follow God I pray for every weary son and daughter of God that there would be a moment of refreshing now Lord it would be like even though maybe our body didn't get the rest it needed our spirit has been renewed only you can do the miracle of renewal inside us and we receive new life new breath a new mind a new heart a new body a new dream a new vision and Lamentation says, "Every morning, your mercy is new." If that's true every morning, surely it's true on Christmas. We receive it today, in Jesus' name. Would you stand with us? We'll close with this song.
1: Oh. God.
0: And we thank you for Christmas and the purpose for it. Today, we reject the idea that it's just all about consumerism. And we adore you and celebrate you and acknowledge your forgiveness and love for the whole world. In Jesus' name, amen. Merry Christmas. God bless you.